Okay, welcome to today's Bobcast. Uh, I'm Dean Arnold, your host with Bob LaBelle, and we are under uh, different uh, circumstances today. We're not in the studio uh, because that might cause more than uh, five people or whatever the requirement is right now. I haven't kept up with it uh, for the uh, quarantine. Um, we haven't gotten to Tennessee where they consider you a, uh, a necessary or unnecessary business. What, what's the term? Essential? Essential or non-essential? But uh, right. Right. We'll probably get we'll probably get essential, won't we? Don't you think? Oh, I think so. As a matter of fact, uh, there's already been passes sent out on uh, March the 16th to uh, radio stations, making them essential in case there were issues. Uh, in case a quarantine happened, it actually gives us gives our key people access to the roads and uh as a uh, homeland security pass so, yeah you know, and, and, and there's emergency broadcast system and all that kind of stuff so it's a pretty important that radio stations and tv are operating sure. uh, let's talk a little bit about um you know uh as christians um we're in a little better spot uh i'd say than uh your average bear out there um in, in the sense that there's a lot of fear going on right now uh, fear is uh, is quite heavy coming, you know, through the media. Uh, now there's a healthy fear, and uh, so let's let's be clear here that uh, there's a place for concern, and we're following that, and we're respecting the decisions of the government to do certain things. So we're not saying that there isn't something real out there and things to be concerned about, but there's also a lot of just overblown hyped fear uh and then there's concern healthy concern that turns into unhealthy fear so that's all out there uh and we kind of have to sort through it but as christians we're in a place to really uh face kind of fears head on we had a little conversation about this a couple days ago but why don't you uh lay out some of the things you think people are fearful of out there right now Dean, the, I think the biggest fear that most people I know are dealing with is the fear of uncertainty. You talk to people, uh, young people, and you talk to uh, people getting ready to retire. Even the 81-year-old uh, that we talked to the other day said, I've never been through this before. I don't know how to act. Don't know where this is going to end. Uh, so there's the fear of the unknown that's really tough for for a lot of people and some people more than others yeah um what do you what about uh another big one which is pretty obvious which is uh the whole question about income and money and that sort of thing well sure that's part of the fear of just not knowing what's what's up what's coming but uh our security uh is uh, a lot uh, based on the norms that we do every day we're used to not being unemployed to go into work and putting in hours and getting paychecks so uh there's a lot of industry that's uh temporarily put on hold there's servers in restaurants that aren't serving there's only so many can work in the restaurant in the to-go department and so there's uh, a lot of people doing great and that are adapting. There's companies that are giving their employees an extra week off, extra week vacation, 
and uh, others let them work from home as we are at Partners for Christian Media. I talked to a friend earlier today that at their plant, uh, their, uh, the uh, office personnel are working from home. And so uh, people are adapting and yet there still is the fear of, for so many, what am I gonna do if, if I don't get paid? How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna buy groceries? And uh, I had a call from a lady who said uh, that she needed protein for her husband has particular medical problems and said, uh, the store that we buy groceries from doesn't have meat. And as it turned out, I had just heard from somebody else where you could buy meat. So I was able to connect them. But there's fears uh, associated with so many things when it comes to the unknown. Uh, put you on the spot here a little bit, but, you know, uh, I think we're going to do a story and, you know, in the future or a show that kind of talks about some of the crazy, miraculous things you've been involved with over the years. But can you just think of a story? Uh, that comes to mind that might maybe deals with finances that might be an encouraging story for everybody right now in terms of just putting your trust in God? Oh my goodness. Uh, Dean, I was talking to some guys this morning. I have a prayer meeting with and, and uh, it, it came up that aren't you glad we're serving a living God, not a God that we made up uh, because we truly are serving a living God. And that's uh, part of faith and part of, uh, the, the opposite of faith, which is fear, is that the enemy will try to keep you back from praying because you don't want to put God on a spot. I think some of us are afraid if we put God on the spot and he didn't answer, we might have to admit that maybe we had the wrong God. I don't know, but uh, we have to step forward on faith and realize that he who began the good work in us, the Bible says he'll perform it. And he is the living God. We serve a, 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 the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the, that God says, you have not because you ask not. Ask and receive that your joy might be made full. And so it doesn't say ask and receive if there's no coronavirus. Ask and receive if, if, uh, if, if you're working. Uh, uh, and you're, you're, everything's going perfect, ask and receive. It just says ask and receive. And I understand that that sounds oversimplistic, but as a uh, young evangelist, uh, I was in a situation early on that I didn't have uh, a regular paycheck and just kind of like a person that's in business, but we were just getting started. So I have a uh, book oodle of stories my early part of my ministry and that uh, up till, you know, of course I get a regular paycheck now or have up to, you know, up to this point for quite a few years, but man, I've got a bunch of stories. I have a, I remember one that we didn't have money for winter coats and it was winter. And I don't remember exactly what happened, why we didn't have them from the year before, but we didn't. And so, I took hold of my wife's hand and said, and said, uh, let's uh, pray. And we said, you, you said in your word, you have not because you asked not. We shouldn't be concerned about what we wear. And your word says that you take care of the sparrows and you're going to take care of us. And we ended the prayer and said, amen. And we took off from Cleveland, Tennessee, 
to drive up to Ohio into the winter and we're along a freeway and we pass somebody on a freeway somewhere in Kentucky, I think, uh, Lexington or somewhere in there. And, and I remember just glancing over. I'm one of these guys when I'm driving, I pay a lot of attention to everything around me, not just focus straight ahead. And I remember looking at this car and I said, those are the Biddlestones from the church that we were a supply pastor at up in Ohio. And I looked over at them and I blew the horn. And uh, they looked over at us and sure enough, it was them. They pulled us over and they said, you know what? We were just praying and asking God what to do with some monies that we had set aside for his work. And they gave to the church, but they also had some money to give aside to other ministries. They said, we just got through praying when you blew the horn. And they said, here's a check for $500 to use however you want to use. And they said, tell us your last name again. <laughs> so they didn't even know who we were. I mean, they knew who we were, but they didn't remember our name. And so God used almost complete strangers with $500 to buy us our, our winter coats. But Dean, that's just one of so many stories. We've, we've, we wrote the book, Finding God's Frequency, the story of how J103 and Partners for Christian Media got started. But we've had $500 miracles, and we've had $850,000 miracles. Complete strangers show up uh, with $850,000. And somebody asked me once after reading my book, what is the secret? to having so many great answers to prayer. And it's that verse I, I opened with a moment ago that says, you have not because you ask not. I said, I dare to ask, because I just am not worried about putting God on the spot. If we're not serving a God who can answer us, then I, I wanted to know that a lot of years ago before I spent my whole life serving the wrong God. And as it turns out, uh, he did save me in, in the, early 70s, I gave my heart and life to Jesus, had a born-again experience. Jesus came into my life, changed my whole life, but he's been walking with me and talking with me now for many, many years and answering prayer. So this whole corona thing didn't take God off guard. He knows our needs. He knows that we need food and water, and this is not, this whole thing is not stumping God. And he knows uh, all the detail of our need beyond food and water and clothing and uh, money and health issues and so forth and so on. So uh, to God be the glory. He is the living God. First uh, Peter 5 and verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. So that's my uh, word for the hour to all my friends is keep casting your cares on the Lord and uh, be anxious for nothing. Uh, know that God is God and he's able to, he began the work in our lives. He's, he's able also to complete the work. You know, this is kind of a negative way to uh, back into it, but a lot of people I think are um, kind of intimidated to ask for things and to expect, uh, you know, miraculous provision because they feel unworthy. They're like, well, I'm not a a saint. I'm not some spiritual godly person, so it's not going to work for me. But you know, there's that passage in Matthew where Jesus says to the people who said, I cast out demons in your name and I did healings and, you know, I did this, that, and the other. And Jesus says, uh, I never knew you. Um, and so uh, 
what's interesting about that is these are people who don't even know the Lord, but the Lord honors faith regardless of how spiritual and holy you are. Uh, and so, you know, he loves us because we've been uh, cleansed by the blood. We're, we're forgiven and that sort of thing. And we don't need to be all intimidated that like, oh, well, I couldn't have a story that that happened to Bob. It's not going to happen to me because I'm, you know, I'm not holy enough or spiritual enough or something. It, it doesn't have to do with that. It has to do with believing God, having faith. Well, that's exactly right. And any of you who want to call our board of directors and find out about my my uh, humanness and faults, Dean's on our board. He can tell you that I'm I put on my pants just like everybody else does, and I'm I'm kind of being funny about that. But there's Ephesians uh, and many of the epistles start with grace and peace be unto you all, and uh, uh, the uh, peace of God is ours, the provision of God is ours, and it's packaged with grace, which means unmerited favor. And we really do have the favor of God because uh, of the blood of Christ that was put on the doorposts. And when the angel of death in the Old Testament saw the, the uh, blood on the doorpost, they had to... Uh, uh, Pass by, and so uh, you know that you could probably elaborate on that better than I could, Dean. But the blood uh, washes away our sin, and we have great grace and provision to be able to come boldly before the throne of God. So I'm thankful for that kind of God. Um, that that uh, you don't have to be perfect, and the perfection of Christ uh, brings us into His presence. Amen. Good word. Uh, last fear. Let's talk about the, the big fear and just uh, some comments about that. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. That's the fear of public speaking. <laughs> no, you don't have that fear. No, let's talk about the other fear. <laughs> oh, okay. The, the fear of death and dying. Well, that's a good one that I actually enjoy talking about because before I was a Christian, I experienced quite a bit of the fear of death. And as a youngster, I guess I was somewhere maybe around puberty, 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, turning teenager, that I was doing a lot of thinking and, and uh, growing up. And I, I got to thinking about dying one, one, one night. And it's before I knew the Lord. And I called my mom in the room and I was trying to express to her how upset I was that one day I would be dead and that other kids would be playing on the dirt above the ground and I'd be six feet under the ground. It really tore my insides out. And the Bible talks about people that have, have the fear of, of death and of dying. Uh, and it talks about that being the bondage of fear. Uh, of the fear of death, and I was truly bound. And so when I asked Jesus into my heart on May 14th of uh, 1971, and he came into my life, and I came into contact with the resurrected Christ, uh, man, something happened inside of me, and I knew that I knew that I knew that I touched base with eternity. Uh, and this is life eternal, that they might know you. 
the only true and living God in your son, Jesus Christ. And man, I tell you what, uh, Dean, when I asked Jesus to come into my life and he uh, came into me and resurrected, uh, my inner man came to, to life and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved. I'm telling you, one of the first things I did, I mean, I didn't go looking for a graveyard, but one of the first times I passed a graveyard in the car and looked over at it, when I was younger, I had to look the other way because it really bothered me. I had to sing to myself laying in bed at night because to try to get my mind off of death and dying. And I, I, I would look the other way from, from uh, cemeteries, but I passed the cemetery and saw those tombstones and the joy of the Lord uh, welled up inside of me. <laughs> and I, I was by myself and nobody else around, but I rolled the window down and screamed out, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? And uh, man, I knew that I was saved. And uh, I've told people that for years, that, that when you come into contact with the resurrected Christ, you know that you know that you know that you know that you've tasted eternity and God gives you the assurance of your salvation that you know you're gonna, that you've passed from death unto life. So the scripture actually teaches, Dean, that, that when we become a born-again Christian, we pass from death unto life. So eternal life begins when you die to Christ and are resurrected. Uh, you die to your, your carnal nature and you're resurrected unto Christ. So we actually, Jesus said, whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You've already died to Christ. You're alive and you'll never die. So if the worst thing that happens and you die, if it's a coronavirus or a, or a car accident or jumping or, or something happens to you uh, for a sudden death or, or a slow death, when, you're, when you die, the Bible says you've already died. You're not going to die again. As a believer, whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. So uh, that's the great news. We don't have to fear death because we'll never die again. Yeah, there's a there's a meme out there that's pretty cool that says uh, uh, if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. Um. <laughs> well, that's interesting, and that reminds me of one that a friend of mine, uh, a, a, a evangelist from South Africa, used to say before he went on to be with the Lord, and I think it's actually a South African saying. So I've heard it from multiple South Africans, and it says, if you worry, you die, and if you don't worry, you die anyhow, so why worry? Yeah, no, I think these are all good words, and, and you know, not to be tongue-in-cheek or anything, but, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, that I try to do if, you know, panic is, is starting to come or whatever is you ask yourself, well, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, you know, once you've tackled you know, the worst thing that could happen and you say, well, that's not so bad. Well, whatever the list is, the worst thing always that could happen is dying. And as Christians and believers in Christ, we have conquered death. We are going to be resurrected. Our physical bodies are going to be resurrected from the grave. We are going to live in eternity with our bodies on this earth with Jesus Christ forever. 
and we have that incredible message of hope. So we are in a great position compared really to the rest of society right now to just be able to say, we're concerned about this, we'll take the proper measures, we'll be concerned, we'll do what we can, but we don't have to ultimately worry and we can love our neighbor and we can do all the things we need to do because we are secure in Christ. That's uh, right. And we're, you know, we're two or three weeks away from Easter, and uh, which is very appropriate uh, when Christ conquered death and rose from the tomb. So here we are, and this is a great time for us to meditate on that and uh, count our blessings. So uh, good words. Well, Dean, I'd like to uh, read uh, John fourteen twenty seven, and it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace. This is Jesus talking. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So uh, that's the good word. We don't have to be afraid because our hope and trust is in our Lord. Amen. Well, this is uh, today's Bobcast.com, and I'm your host, Dean Arnold, with Bob LaBelle, and I hope uh, today's uh, words have encouraged you during this interesting and challenging time.